Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, she posed as a German heiress and fooled New York's elite into lending her money. And one reporter risks it all to tell her story. We'll review the Netflix docudrama Inventing Anna. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of Dead on Deadline, Laura Bricker. Hello, Laura. Hello. Can we add to that? I'm going to be starting an international art gallery in downtown Exeter, and I'm seeking investors. Oh, yes. Is it going to be a Mm -hmm. foundation? It's the Laura Bricker Foundation. That's it. I'll be running it from my teeny tiny office, Laura Bricker Inc. I swear to God, you should just call your office the Anna Delvey Foundation. I swear (laughs) to fucking God, that is what you should do. (laughs) And finally, our resident Doubting Thomas, author of the City Trilogy, host of Strange Arrivals, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. So, Kevin, we are talking about inventing Anna on this episode, but what are we talking about on Monday's episode of Crime Writers On? We're going to be looking at the Showtime documentary, we need to talk about Cosby. Oh, we are? Yeah, we need to talk about we need to talk about Cosby. Okay, that's I guess what we're doing then. All right, well, I would like to get right into the topic of the episode. So, should we just fire off and do that, Kevin? There's no stopping us now. <laughs> My father would like to get that first clip going. So, let's just drop it here. Wire it to me. <laughs> I work for my success. I earn my accomplishments. Pay attention. Maybe you'll learn how to be smart like me. I doubt it. But you can dream. Anna Delvey was a 20-something who posed as a young German heiress while living on the amenities of New York's super-rich. She used charm and sleight of hand to secure millions in business financing, all the while leaving the bills for her extravagant lifestyle unpaid. You have my cards, all my cards. Run them again. I've run them already. Then there must be a problem with the system. I need another card or cash. Well, run them. Don't you want to be paid? (laughs) Magazine writer Vivian Kent sees Anna's story as her shot at professional redemption. She struggles with her editors and with her subject to retell Anna's path from Instagram darling to high society to incarceration. I can give you what you want. And what do you think I want? To be rescued, to be found innocent? No, you want to be famous. Anna Shlumsky and Julia Garner star in Inventing Anna, a nine-episode, partly fictionalized look at the Anna Delvey case. 
produced by Netflix and Grey's Anatomy creator Shonda Rhimes, and based on reporting from Jessica Pressler, the docudrama recounts Delvey's long con as a poser who talked her way through big banks and luxury hotels. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Inventing Anna. So if you want to remain spoiler-free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs-up or thumbs-down reviews. So, Kevin, I have a question for you that is very basic. All right. Do you think... Very basic. She threw that around quite a bit. Very basic. Are you just fat or are you pregnant? Are you very fat or are you just very ugly or are you very pregnant? Your face looks... Ugly. (laughs) What was the thing about her fat feet and her shoes? I don't know. All right. Anyway, so uh, do you think... Well, I'm just going to say it. I don't think the journalism angle was the right frame for this story. I don't understand it. Here we have a fascinating character in Anna Delvey, played by one of the great actresses of our time. They were able to cast uh, Julia Garner to play her. Mm -hmm. Why do this story through the journalism angle, especially since they had to fictionalize the journalism angle? The journalism stuff was mostly fiction. The Delvey stuff was mostly real. Do you think that was a misstep? It's. I think the original sin is to make this nine episodes. Okay. Right, because I think a lot of stuff kind of falls from that. You're right. The Anna Delvey storyline of this, starring Julia Garner, I think was really interesting. It's, it was good. Again, I don't know how much of it we really needed. And I am one who does like the, you know, the reporter behind the story chasing the... Typically. Typically. I just, I felt like it was padding. It was like the padding under Anna Chomsky's baby bump to make it look real. It just ended up dragging on too much. It wasn't all that exciting. I know that the real author, Jessica Pressler, that at the time she was writing it, she was pregnant. Who cares though? That doesn't matter. Well, I don't. I, well, I, I didn't really care for them using the pregnancy to insert a sense of urgency yeah. to the character, and it just kind of seemed it was like Chekhov's uterus, like it was, <laughs> like we're just waiting for her water to break, and I don't know. I th- I thought there were problems with it. Starts with it being too long, and then all this other stuff just wasn't as good. I can relate though. I mean, I remember when I was like so super pregnant that I could barely walk and I was out serving subpoenas out in the middle of nowhere when I was a defense investigator. And I was like, could be the day my water breaks. Yeah. But I I felt like it was the wrong angle here. I was so fascinated by this story. I was so fascinated by how intelligent Anna was to be able to carry off a scheme and a scam of this level with the people that she was convincing to jump on the bandwagon for the Anna Delvey Foundation. And to me, I felt like it was just distracting and taking away from it to then go into this Vivian, the reporter story. And I felt like there was a whole bunch of subplots within that, that for me, I'm like, yeah, I, I just, I felt like there's been plenty of other shows that deal with reporters who get too close to their subjects. And then there's like an unethical question of like, did they cross the line? Yada, yada, yada. And like, in this case, when that became the focus of the story, I was like, great, that's nice and all. But I actually want to know more about Anna and how she was able to do this, because I just think it's remarkable what she was able to do before she got caught. And and that was the part that I wanted more focus on. So Laura, I'll just fill in some holes for you on the Jessica Pressler thing, okay? So one of my issues here is the stakes. The stakes are actually very relatively low in real life and in the show. But 
Jessica Pressler did uh, report on a kid who claimed to be this very successful trader who was not. It was a mistake that she made. After that, but before the Anna Delvey story, Jessica Pressler reported the Hustlers story yeah. that ended mm-hmm. up being a very successful story that ended up getting made into a really big movie and ended up bringing back like her career in a big way. She was fucking fine by the time she reported this story, right? So there were a lot of just um, just a lot of like fabrication of timeline and details and stuff, and also a lot of like shifting around of stuff. Which, by the way, is a hundred percent why they could not use New York Magazine in this fictionalization, and they changed the name of the magazine and they changed all the details of the editing. So if you're gonna do the journalism angle, like to me, it's a sin that that part is all fake. Like it makes yeah. no sense because none of the journalism stuff makes sense you don't pay your own bill on your fucking own expense account when you have a credit card at vanity fair the whole point of having an expense account or credit card is that your employer pays the bill right that makes no sense you don't have a a whole thing called scriberia old other reporters who are working on stories aren't helping you report it's just not how any of this fucking works like it was like two different shows yeah it was like two different shows Mm -hmm. and Like, Kevin, I love when we have, like, a good newsroom drama. Like, I love it. I'm like, oh, my God, all the president's men. It's not just that she needs to give you the interview. I didn't say this. I never said this. But she needs to not take the deal. Don't you say that to her. That is unethical. But he's right. You need the time. You need to interview her over and over again. Did you even care if she made this deadline? It didn't matter, right? I was just like, stop being such a bitch about being pregnant and get over it. <laughs> well, at the same <laughs> time, though, like, she was saying I'm not special. But then that was the focus of the whole thing. But I, I, but then she was just doing all these like crazy facial expressions. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go again. Yeah. So what to- a bug eye. Yes. So, Toby, you also think that this sucked a lot of the suspense out of this. I mean, that's a note that you sent to me, too, right? Yeah, I mean, I think for all the reasons we've talked about, I, Anna Delvey's story, I think there's a lot of suspense, right? I mean, there or there could be. So why you would take something that has a lot of intrinsic suspense and substitute something that has almost no suspense, it's just a strange decision. The only thing I could think of is that they wanted something that was going to be a little more relatable for people. And Anna Delvey is just so out there that maybe they thought, you know, are people really going to be able to handle this for like... 85 hours or however long it was of this strange talking like huckster maniac. I assume that was the reason why they did it, but it just the whole thing. There seemed to be very little stakes and you know, Anna's in prison. So you know that things don't turn out well for her, but they don't turn out as badly as it seems like at times they might have. Yeah. It's just, it's a strange, like, I don't know why you would look at this story It'd be like, you know, we got to just focus on the journalist. You know why I thank Toby? I think because that story that she wrote about Anna was basically so widely read. And it kind of became, if you like at the end, that was basically what inspired this entire series. So maybe and, and she was a consultant on the show. So it's almost like this was the basis of the story. This is our lead in. And like maybe they were they just went went with that angle because that was where they were getting most of this information. But you it's, know not, I mean? it's not the I, Pentagon Papers, though. She didn't solve a mystery. Yeah. She yeah. just said what happened. It's like nobody you know? read that fucking article because they like her and thought she did good 
journalism. They read yeah. it because it's a yeah. bonkers story. Yeah. It she, almost sounded, though, like she sold the premise of that article in a way, like somehow they bought rights to it or something. I kind of wondered about that. Oh, there is a story behind yeah, it. But, there is. but don't you get the sense that the producers and the writers and the real life journalists thought this was a bigger story than the rest of us ever did? No, first of all, it was a huge story. I it was a viral for a hot minute. It was a viral story for a hot I minute. I love it. And I was obsessed with it. But we're gonna start walking around Germany and everyone knows Anna. You right, know, it's right. like so, I love this story. So though. listen, this the story yeah. was super fucking cool. And when I heard this thing was coming out, I was like, Oh my god, they made a thing about that. It's starring Julia Garner. I am all fucking over it. I was so excited. The first two episodes of this delivered on the some of the promise of what I wanted, which mm-hmm. was like tons of Anna Delvey, just like doing her Anna Delvey thing. There is one thing that gets teased that never bears fruit, and I'm like really fucking curious about it. What? The beginning of the very beginning of the show. There, there's all these quick clips of um, them interviewing people about Anna and all the things that she did. Oh, I don't think- And there's this one guy who tells this crazy fucking story about her about how she goes to the bathroom and there was no toilet paper, and then she just comes to the meeting smelling like shit. She used my bathroom, and I didn't have any toilet paper, and she did a number two. She came down and spent time in the meeting, and the odor was incredible. Why didn't we see that scene? Why was that not in the show? For you, that was Chekhov's dookie. Isn't that the guy who ends up, he's like the kind of studly banker guy, right? Who's like a dick. And eventually, so I think that would have been a funny scene, but, you know, I think you're supposed to be setting you up to realize what a jerk this guy is. Yeah, yeah. When she eventually does see him, because he doesn't necessarily come off like that right away. Yeah, Yeah, I I honestly, I I do think that the pacing starts great. uh, And and it's just, it just ends up very, very, very disappointing. All right, so Kevin, let's talk a little bit about Anna's con itself. Okay. The one thing that we don't see is um, how it started. It's yeah, it's a little <laughs> fuzzy on her entry level con. We yeah. know that she had some sort of internship in Paris or whatever. But these are always the most interesting things about the con story, and we've done a couple already this year. We've done a lot, you know, on Crime Writers on, but we've we've just come off the of two of them. You know, that's the thing that really captures one's imagination is how could this happen? And again, the stakes were financially were super high. At one point, they did sort of answer or pose a question and dismiss it about how does this young, pretty girl get all this attention from bankers and whatnot? And it's like, Alan Reed, he's got to be fucking her. They got to be fucking. And it's like, no, there's no other receipts on that. It is an easy answer for how this all went down. But it doesn't appear to be that way. That may be the simplest, but it's a different path. And that's what makes that story really interesting. Now, it goes a lot of different places. It involves a lot of different characters. Again, I don't know if it's nine episodes of just her. It's probably a more reasonably sized five or six episodes. If he had just done that with sort of a very light touch of framing it around, you know, a journalist who pops in and out, but we don't have these long scenes of exposition with the senior writers about, oh, then this happened. And let me tell you this. Let me come back tomorrow and tell you another part of the story in chronological order. Yeah, it was. So I I really enjoyed the Anna stuff. And like we've said, less so the Vivian stuff. Yeah. But we have here in the background real scammers who also made the news. For a while, Anna's living with Billy McFarlane, the fire festival dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have in the background, her lawyer is has his office at WeWork. We know that guy's a 
uh, a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this is sort of like background here of like all these famous men. Martin Shkreli. Um, Martin Shrelly yeah. is also in it. Also, she's with the guy who is. Um, they, they sort of make up a character. He's he's actually anonymous in the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that she's the boyfriend that she's with for a while. There's a lot of speculation about who he actually is, but he's also sort of like a shady guy. And that is a theme, right? Toby is that like here's this woman who's doing the same. Really, I mean, I mean, granted, she's doing it differently. She's telling different kinds of lies, but like building. A uh, an idea on a foundation of lies, same as these dudes, and the, sort of the the consequence that we see and the treatment that we see. I mean, when we talk about missed opportunities in storytelling, to me, like there's a huge missed opportunity, right? Yeah, I, I, there's there's a little bit of difference, I think, just in that there's at least the potential that they're trying to do something where she clearly. I, I guess that's one thing that I didn't get a real handle on is does she really think they're going to rent that? huge building and like is she gonna have three restaurants run by like the best chefs in new york and like does she actually see this as a realistic endpoint that she's working towards or is this part of like a larger i mean she talks about it with the shrink about how she has this vision about what life could be like and, and it's very difficult to maintain it because somebody says something stupid or a bad song comes on or something and it ruins it and she's trying to create this sort of ultra glamorous life around her and is that the end result that she's after through all this or she actually think that she's going to create this club that's actually going to exist and have people come to it i mean that's just like another thing that i thought was i I didn't get a handle on i didn't necessarily need to get a handle on but that seemed more interesting than whether vivian was going to finish her story before her water broke (laughs) yeah well it seems like the thing that they didn't address which ought to be obvious is that she has a personality disorder. Yeah. Did she believe that? Yeah, Toby, I think she I did think she believe did too. it. I think she did I too. I think she, you know, it was an unrealistic. Grandiose. Yeah. Grandiose feelings of what she's capable of. Yeah. You know, and she just was, ha- she just happened to be able to merge that personality disorder with the ability to get shit done. And so that's why the con gets so elaborate. She has the skills to put in place the stuff that's going on in her head. You know, you, know? you know what I kept thinking, what? Lara? I kept thinking, like, she had so many relationships that brought her so close to proximity to money, right? I kept mm-hmm. thinking that she was, like, with the, the woman that she lived with for a while, with, like, some of these boyfriends and friends who had money. If she was able to convert one of these relationships, it could have changed everything. Like, if she was able to just, like, turn the corner with one of these people, get one of the people to give her, like, real money, like, even $10 million or whatever, which wouldn't have been a lot of money for them, but which would have been like enough so that that bank wouldn't have had to like go to Germany to investigate her fake dad. Like, I believe that she actually could have gotten the fucking loan. Like, she, mm-hmm. I don't know. She did seem close. I mean, she had the lawyer. She had all the shit. Well, that's the thing. And and that was the part that I, I guess I was also fixated in the story, Rebecca. I'm like, oh, my gosh, because we I, like I love like these like double life, double identity stories. But in this case, what was so fascinating is that she was really, really good at what she was doing. I mean, the point when she gets that thing for her phone. So it looks like she's calling from Germany and she has the voice distorter and they think they're talking to her banker. I'm like, I was wondering how she man. did that. Yeah. I'm like, she is That's an app. good. You can get that. It's yeah. An app. You but, can get, get it. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but she was really good at it. And, and, and she was so confident and she was 
I feel like she was able to, for a long time, keep all these balls in the air and keep up this facade just because she was so bright. She was pretty close. And I feel like I wouldn't discount where she may land next. I I don't think it's going to be in the U.S. Obviously, she's being held by ICE. But, you know, when you see in this anyway, and I don't know how similar it was in real life, that Alan, the banker, and how, you know, he gets behind her. And, you know, he really seems to believe in her. And I feel like she had that ability. And you even see that at the trial when you see people that she totally fucked over. Like, they still were like, no, no. They still felt this loyalty to her and this, like, friendship with her and this compassion with her. And you you even see that with the fictional journalist Vivian and, and the lawyer. Like, there was something about her that was able to get people to really buy into her and her life and her persona and everything in such a way that I wouldn't discount her doing something in the future. Honestly, I I say I'm going to set up a Google alert right now and see where she lands. (laughs) Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. How about we take a break from all of this glitterati bullshit and talk about some business? All right, let's do it. Let's talk about some business where I didn't need to borrow $40 million to make happen. Or in a real business. All right. Business on Patreon.com. Yes. yes. Thank God you didn't call it a scam this week. Thank you. Appreciate it. Nobody believed it was a scam. <laughs> they all willingly gave money, which is great. So some things to let you know about on Patreon. In addition to the Crime Writers on After Show, we've got a new episode of Married with Podcast, where Rebecca and I, and a bunch of listeners this time, because we recorded it live in front of a video audience, we take uh, questions about relationships and parenting, we answered a question about... And work. All sorts work, of stuff. all sorts of stuff. Someone wanted to send nudes. We no. gave oh, our... Oh, that's th- right. Someone did want to send nudes. That yeah. was actually a question this weekend. Oh, oh my. Yeah, it wasn't not you, to Laura. Us. Yeah, not to us. No. Oh, they had oh, a question oh, oh. about I mean, sending oh. nudes. I mean, we want to turn them down. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was like, whoa, that's kind of racy. It is. <laughs> Laura's a prude, remember? Oh, I forgot. Yes, Laura's a prude. I'm an adventurous prude. Right. Right, right. But you, but you are a prude. That is a thing that people forget that yeah. I always have to remind people. So we want to let people know to start reading if they haven't already picked up the book for the next Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club. Toby, what is the title that people should be brushing up on? Yeah, you got to get reading because it's not short. It's called Empire of Pain. It's by Patrick Radden Keefe. And it is about the Sackler family who own Purdue Pharma, which makes OxyContin, which started the opioid scourge in our country. He said it's not short. Wouldn't it be funny if he was like, it's called Moby Dick? <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. what I did on my summer vacation. It's called A Tale of Two Cities. 
It's really, really long. <laughs> but it's also really, really good. War, 100% what worth is it, it for? You know, it's really, but it's really not good. But it's not a quick read. Yeah. Elsewhere in the Crime Writers on Universe. Oh, this is big. This yeah. is big. On These Are Their Stories this week, wanted to let you know that you should tune in. It's a great episode with our new friend, Sarah Marshall from <laughs> You're Wrong About. <laughs> You're so funny, like, being optimistic calling our new friend. She was our friend for, like, that hour. God willing, I will call her my friend for the rest of my life. She's fantastic. I love You're Wrong About. And she was a great guest because she loves Law and Order. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And remember how on Monday's episode we were talking about ice shanties? Yes. She was recording in an ice shanty. She was. Yeah. But there was no other monkey business going on. There was no monkey business going on at all. Yes, that's true. That is absolutely true. All right, Kevin. So do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Yes. Our Patreon patron saints are Tasha Sunart. And Bethany Vogler stay. Bless you. By the way, it's really Bethany's husband who should, who should be the patron saint. Why you know that? why? Because for Valentine's Day, he gave Bethany a subscription to Patreon. Wow. Crime Writers on Leggings. Wow. And a copy of Laura Bricker's Dead on Deadline. Wow. And I think oh. a t shirt too. Yeah. Wow. He went all Yay. Crime Writers on for Valentine's Day. That's wonderful. Oh my God, Kevin. That's almost as good as what you gave me for Valentine's Day. I got you a card. You got me nothing. Nothing. Uh, Big old cup of nothing. I was going to give you a Whitman sampler, but the only kind had all orange chocolates. (laughs) All right, Kevin, does thus end the business section? Thus ends the business section. I'm going to fade that music out right now. Here's another like example of why the journalism angle was wrong. And I'm sorry I keep harping on this, right? True story, she did have these three friends, real people, Rachel, Casey, and Neff. Yep. Real people who exist. For some reason, Rachel was, I actually do know why Rachel was cast as a villain in this, because Anna hates her and, um, you know. Yeah, I want to talk about yeah, that that's later. That's real. Yeah. Uh, but Ra- Rachel ends up getting cast as a villain in this or whatever. But these are real people who are real characters one of them could have been the fucking POV of this thing, right? Why did it have to be uh, Jessica Pressler? You mean like, as in my friend Anna? Like Neff. Coming to HBO exactly. at some point? Yeah. yeah, like Neff could have been. I mean, Neff is an interesting character. Neff could have been in any way. Um, but my question is, why are we as an audience then asked to shift loyalties? Because we are, we are chasing her. She is the prey, right? But then at some point, we're sort of asked with no explanation to feel sympathy, they start calling her a kid. It's like, oh, she's just a kid. She's just this. And we're asked to shift loyalties even as we are watching her lie to people. Toby, did you understand at any point why it seemed like all of a sudden the lawyer, Vivian, and we, the audience, seem to be like tasked now of suddenly feeling something different then we were basically shown and set up to feel, which I was comfortable. I was comfortable being like, oh, my God, look at this amazing snake. Like, look at her doing her shit. And now I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to feel what? Were you confused by that tonal shift, I guess, is what I'm asking. I don't know if I was as confused as I just thought it was a bad move. And, you know, again, I don't know if that was really something that happened with the journalist who covered it, where she was like, there must be something more to this story. Her dad must have been like really rich or not really rich, really poor and mean, or, you know, like trying to find like some reason why she was the way she was and sort of imagining these different lives she could have lived while she was living in Germany. Like that whole eighth episode was just bizarre. 
Again, I just, I don't understand the choices. It would have been so easy to make a very suspenseful show about this sort of house of cards that Anna puts together and how hard she has to work to kind of keep it up while things are kind of crumbling around her and how it finally falls. I mean, that, that is like, in a nutshell, a lot of really, really good, you know, suspense movies. And, and, and there's a lot of drama and nervousness around that. And, and so why they f- decided to sort of de-emphasize what was clearly there for them, I don't get. And I guess the other thing I wanted to kind of ask, which I think it's somewhat a part of what you're asking me, is there's like this scene where they're like, somebody's like, well, she's a sociopath. And then Vivian's like, no. And the reason why is because of what happened in Los Angeles. And then you go to Los Angeles and she fakes committing suicide. I'm like, does that prove she's not a sociopath? I mean, that seems like quite sociopathic, you know, that you would, you would try to manipulate people by faking your own suicide attempt. That seems like. And why does the hospital psychologist have a uh, stethoscope? Yeah. It was just weird. I, I, I couldn't follow the reasoning. I will say, Toby, you sent me very astute notes that this could have been a real life Ozark and also talented Mr. Ripley. And talented Mr. Ripley is what I was thinking about the entire time. And you're like, see the movie Talented Mr. Ripley or read the book. It's a brilliant movie and a brilliant book because it's like there's an evil person who you hate who's scary, but you're also like the whole suspense is, is he going to get caught? And you're sort of rooting for him not to because it's so tense, right? And you you also, I mean, what's what's brilliant about the book and, and the movie to a somewhat lesser extent, but you start to see things kind of through his eyes. Like yes. you understand his decision-making and that's a weird place to be when he's like killing people and taking their identities and stuff. So yeah, I, I mean, I again- it's just choices that were made. Yep. I do not understand why we're asked to be rooting for Anna's acquittal. Same. And why the, the journalists all cheer when the you know they hear the first account come back from the jury and it's not guilty. I mean, she's clearly a financial crook, right? Right? I mean, we've all watched it. Yeah. There's no ambiguity there, right? They didn't write her a different character. She's, she's a financial crook. Yeah. She is clearly horrible to the people supporting her. Everybody who's like, oh, but I'm now I'm on her side. Why? <laughs> she never said a nice thing to you. She's insulted you. She's demonstrated all of this felonious behavior with absolutely no remorse. She called you fat. She called you fat. <laughs> Why are we also supposed to be taken in by Anna? I See, I don't get it. We're never really given a reason. You know, to follow up on that, I don't get at the end why the audience is supposed to be angry with Rachel. So in total, $630,000 plus the $1,200 you got from Vanity Fair for writing the article, correct? I don't want my testimony to be misconstrued or seen as a ploy for my own benefit because it's not. It's not about entertainment. It's about law and order and a crime. For you, it is about entertainment, though, right? It's the supreme irony, right, that they made her seem like a gold digger on the stand for selling her story when Netflix literally paid Anna $300,000 for her story that she's using to pay off her debts. It felt like a concerted effort to take that character, Rachel, down a peg because, as you said, Anna doesn't like her and the friends don't like her. Honey, if you have friends who are mad at you 
because you work with the cops to arrest your fugitive bestie who ripped you off for $60,000 and is letting you hang and you're going to lose your job. You got the wrong set of friends. Yeah. Fuck those bitches. Walk away. Yeah, but you can, I mean, fuck you can, those bitches, Kevin. Fuck those yeah. bitches, right? I mean, listen, we can, we can say both things can be true, though. We can say Rachel sucks and, and we can say that, I mean, it could be true. Maybe she sucks. I am saying, I do think... There are things about Rachel that may suck in real life. They are, that are true. They may suck. That being said, there's they nothing- They celebrate the fact that they, oh, we're going to jail, but at oh, least we didn't get convicted of the thing against Rachel. That she actually did. That she actually did. We all that, saw her do. That, that I agree with. Oh, I fuck, fuck, man. I fucking 100% agree with that. It doesn't mean that, like, you know, a, a person can suck and also be and also be right, right? That's true. Yeah. I'm not saying Rachel sucks. I'm also saying she doesn't not suck. It, just, it seemed it was-, it was a cheap shot. I agree. It was an unnecessary and silly sh- shot for sure. So, Laura, Anna Delvey's real life accent is really fucked up and weird. And Julia Garner imitates it perfectly. And yet on TV, it comes off as really fucked up and weird, even though she imitates it perfectly. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I didn't know that Anna Delvey's accent was super fucked up in real life. And I was so distracted by, I was like, what is Julia Garner doing here? I'm like, okay. uh, Like you are very fat. You are this. I'm like, it's very distracting to me. You need to get better clothes. You could get Carolina Herrera, Dior, Valentino, maybe and chanel makes perfect flats your feet are too fat for heels so then of course i went to the google and i looked it up and i was like oh okay so apparently anna's real life accent is they, they, it's been called like untraceable uh it's it's undistinct you know she's got part you know russian part german part parisian part new york it's it's sort of um a little bit. And, and then like uh, I saw one uh, write up on this described her as like part best Bond villain ever. So <laughs> which I thought was like a great thing. But it was it was hard for me. I, I guess I wish there was a way that they could have like worked it into the storyline in the beginning so that you knew she had a super fucked up accent and you weren't like, why is Julia Garner doing such a shitty job here? And actually, no, actually, she's doing a good job. But you don't know that up front because it's just like. What is this? Yeah. And apparently Julia Garner met Anna Delvey and sounds exactly like Anna Delvey yeah. in this. And it is super fucking distracting because Anna Delvey has a really fucked up weird accent. Well, you know, this this is just not prestige television. No, right? Kevin, no, no. You don't think it's, well look, it's not shot that way. <laughs> it's not written that way. It's not edited that way. Can you see an episode of Ozark shot this way or Mayor of Easttown or any anything that you would see? Like the whoosh on, transitions? The whoosh between... transitions. <laughs> you know, uh, the upbeat club music that keeps jumping in and the slow motion cuts. Shonda Rhimes from, from Grey's Anatomy is the producer. And I'm, I suppose they said, Shonda, you did great with Bridgerton and all this other stuff. Let's see your spin on a crime docudrama, right? And this is very much... In the style of like Grey's Anatomy, everybody is so smart and the lines are witty and you're just waiting for someone to say, seriously, seriously, Uh, you know, it's not a put down of Shonda Rhimes. It's just that is the flavor that they put on this. 
and I just don't think it worked, and I didn't want to see it for nine episodes. That is half a television season. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to see it for nine episodes, I want a little more Bridgerton-like sex in this. Just yeah. saying, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Between who? <laughs> I mean, the old, but, the like, old writers I mean, in the back of the room. I don't know, Toby. Well, I mean, we did have a little. Smith. We even had Alan, the uptight attorney, getting some. But, you know, nine episodes, we got to keep the momentum going a little, like, somehow. Yeah. Yeah, it's like her water breaks as she finishes the story and she's in recovery and the magazine is out. Yeah. You know, it's like, what What do people think is happening physiologically with people? <laughs> and also, the online story comes out like a week before the print ma- article. Everyone fucking knows that. Right. Toby, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was just going to say, I going back to the accent thing, when somebody's like that distinctive, I think there's like this fine line between like doing an impersonation and like actually acting. And- I just feel like Julia Garner is not at her best in this. And I think part of it might be the accent, but it's not like Ruth's accent in Ozark is like particularly mild or anything, but you know, it's never distracting. You know, she is Ruth. She talks like with all this stuff in this, it just kind of felt like the effort of keeping that accent going I, I mean, she's she's a great actress. I did not think that she was, like, really great in this. And I think part of it was that she had to act so strangely, and it always seemed like it was, it was acting, and it wasn't just sort of a natural, you know, you're watching somebody. Um, mm. Just one of the many problems with this show. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. All right. Well, I think we should do what we do. Let's let our listeners know. Should they check out the series Inventing Anna on Netflix? Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Inventing Anna? This is so hard. This is, is so hard. Is it? Well, I, it's, it's, it's a thumbs down. But the problem is it's going to be like a thumb sideways to thumbs down because I'm so fascinated by the story of Anna Delvey and... I, I'm like, fuck, why did they have to like complicate it with all of this like stuff with the journalist and making it like so freaking long, like watching like Gone with the Wind or Dr. Shivago or something. I'm like, I just wanted the story. So the problem with this is it's, it's too long. The focus should have been more on Anna Delvey and her scam and not so much on the journalist. But at the same time, I watched all nine hours. Granted, we had to watch it for the show because I'm super fascinated by the story of how this young woman managed to scam all of these like Wall Street billionaire, millionaire people and all these New York society people 
and get people on her side in a way that they still, a lot of them, are loyal to her. So I'm going to go thumb sideways to down. Like What is it? Which one? You have have to put something in the newsletter. You're going to pick one. Compare it it's to a woman across the street from the... I'm going with the thumbs down, yeah. and I, I feel bad doing that, but it's it's a thumbs down, and it sucks because it shouldn't have been a thumbs down. This is a fucking fascinating story that should have been a thumbs up, and why did they do that to this? By the way, I want to note that how Laura was the first to equivocate and then do a thumb sideways, and now she is further equivocating between doing a thumb sideways and a thumbs down. Yes. So she can't even be between the up and down. She can't even be, be, be sideways. She's got to go it's south by southwest. Yes. Now it's a thumbs with, down. Yeah, it's a thumbs down. You need All like right. instead of like you need a gif for the newsletter that goes like wah 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 for her like <laughs> like a compass needle. <laughs> is that what you're doing? I, what's going on yes. here? Yes. Okay. Yes. Laura. My thumb is three quarters erect. <laughs> it's 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 a flaccid. It's flaccid. It is not turgid. You know what this documentary, this show needed? What? It needed some of that little blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Inventing Anna on Netflix? Uh, this is definitely a thumbs down. I mean, this should have just been a layup. Like, the, the story is just made for some... Very suspenseful, weird, nutty take. And instead they've made it into this very vanilla, very, 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 very long show where the stakes are completely drained out of the story. It's just it's it's just not good at all. So thumbs down. It's too bad. Kevin Flint. I'm going thumbs down. The producers had the difficult task of figuring out how with only nine episodes they could tell two episodes worth of a story. (laughs) They certainly thought that Anna Delvey was a bigger figure in the zeitgeist than she actually was, and they certainly thought that the journalist was more interesting than she actually was. Uh, I don't mind watching something that's not great for this podcast. It's our job. We like to tell people whether or not it's worth their time. I really resent the fact that this was bad, and it was nine hours bad. Yeah. It started off okay. Toby's right. It could have been better. It could have been good. The raw material, the source material is good. It just wasn't put together well. And I just felt like this should have been on ABC at 10 o'clock right after Scandal or whatever. I totally agree. <laughs> I'm giving this a thumbs down too. Um, just because there is a story that exists about a fascinating character does not mean that a story on screen about that character needs to be about the story about the fascinating character. Mm-hmm. Super wrong frame for this. Like, like it was literally the opposite of how this should have been made. It is so, so disappointing. You had every ingredient here to make something great. You even had a spectacular cast here. Anthony like, Edwards. Anthony, I mean, uh, seriously, you have Julia Garner playing a fascinating, and I, Kevin, I completely disagree with you that Anna Delvey is not an important character in the zeitgeist. I think Anna Delvey represents so many things that you don't necessarily see because you're not on TikTok, you're not on Instagram. You don't sort of see like the sort of tech rise and fall like Wall Street shit. I think she is that an important That a lot of people character. have the fake German heiress Listen, t-shirt. It, just, it, yeah. It does, that that's not important. It could. I'm a fake German heiress. That, yeah, that, me too. That is not. Spe- that's not the. Spe- the specifics aren't important. The story actually is that the credulousness with which giant checks are written, which by the way, some of that money is our fucking money in the aggregate. Like it is like it's a New York story. 
it's a New York story, but guess what? Some of your retirement money is in those fucking funds that is being written to these goddamn scam artists. So I'm just saying, like, it is not nothing. And there's just, there's a lot here that could have been done and it wasn't. And um, it makes me sad. And I, I just think that the vanity uh, of the journalism thing, I'm not saying that it's like Jessica Pressler's fault. She wasn't the screenwriter here, but there is a lot of just... Like, how do we make your life more interesting? Self-indulgent, navel-gazy, like, I I hate when journalism stuff is done poorly, and this is done so poorly, and all the life and and good stuff was sucked out of this, and I, it it breaks my heart, because I was so looking forward to watching this. So, huge thumbs down for me for Inventing Anna. Started strong, ended terribly. All right, we should probably end it on that note, but before we do, Laura Bricker, do we have... A cat of the week this week. We have a dog of the week this week. Oh, it's Rebecca. about time. About time. I feel like we've had dogs for like the last I few know. times. It's a joke when I say about time, Laura. It's a joke. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm a prude. I don't pick up that, that jokey thing. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> this comes to us from Gretchen Truding as Laura. I know they're not cats, but Lucy Whitefoot and Puppy Longstocking. Nice. Our avid law and order watchers. Yes. You can see in the show how mesmerized they are by Stabler and Benson. So they're at least a good, these are their stories, crossover. Nice. Plus, they are English speakers in a Spanish-speaking country. We moved to Costa Rica eight years ago and gradually accumulated our pack from the streets directly circumventing the animal shelter stage. Since we started living here, there are fewer street dogs, and I am hoping that's a good sign. So good for you, Gretchen. I have a friend, my friend Rachel Forrest, who used to be our food credit here on the seacoast. She lives in Belize now. And she also has like four or five dogs that she has literally adopted right off the street. So um, it's it's a, pro, you know, it's 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 a real thing. And um, good for you. I, I don't know um, if I could survive with all those dogs running around, but have at it, Gretchen. So um, good job, Lucy Whitefoot and Puppy Longstocking. Here's the whole thing. One dog is a lot. Two dogs is a lot. Three dogs is a gateway to 10 dogs. Once you have three, you may as well have 30. That's mm. the whole thing. All right. So Lara Bricker. But Puppy Longstocking is a great name, amazing. I will say. Yeah. I bet that dog is the strongest dog in the world, right? Yeah. All right. So Lara Bricker, if folks want to submit their any kind of animal to be Cat of the Week, obviously, we accept all kinds. Of course, they can email us at crimewriterson at gmail.com. But if they want to tweet their animal to you, how can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at Lara Bricker. And Toby Ball, if folks want to reach out to you on Twitter and find out if you are, in fact, the talented Mr. Ripley, how can they find you there? At Toby Ball NH. Kevin Flynn, how can you be found on the Twits? I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On. And please join our amazing community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. We're all there. We're all there all the time. We read all your it's stuff official. there. We comment on all your stuff all the time, and you can meet us there. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll get the Crime Writers On After Show, Married with Podcast, Lara Bricker's Leave it to Bricker Podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcasts. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the handsome and astute Olivia Burdett. The executive producer of this program is Kevin P. Flynn. This show was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement where our father promises to wire you the money right away. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. later. Toby, I don't know if, if, if it's just headphone hair, but are you styling something different in the front? 
hot. No, I think it's. I think it was one of those days where I spent a lot of time going like this. Yeah. Because of like random crap that was going on. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not <laughs> intentional. Trust me. Toby, you ah. look very He's handsome. Thanks. Yeah, it looks good. His hair yeah. out. <laughs> it's a little bit like Jimmy Neutron, actually. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Neutron gonna... was hot. That's true. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.